Welcome all of you Truth Seekers and Risk Takers to podcast Life the Battlefield. In today's episode, we're going to talk about spy who has never been caught. Double spy. And this spy name is Kim Philby. But before we go with uh, explaining who Kim Philby was, I'd like to just uh, bring to your attention why Kim Philby was a very, very dangerous spy and why he was never been caught. Now, you need to understand his motives, why he's become the spy on the first place. And as I explained in my monograph, the corporate informant and whistleblower management plan, where I utilize my knowledge and experience working in human intelligence for several years, I'd like to share with you why he's becoming somebody who was very, very successful. If he utilized the MICE methodology, which is money, ideology, compromise, and ego, Kim Philbert didn't work for the money. He didn't work because he has a big ego. He was the most trustworthy spy because he was being led by ideology. Ideology is the most trustworthy informants or the spy. Are those who believe in ideology and most occasions the spy or informant will work without remunerations. The most famous case, it's exactly him. Now, you must understand that when you have the ideology and during the Cold War War and the prior this, before the Second World War, the world was being divided sort of west and east you know and 1917 when the revolution started in russia you have the lenin then after stalin everybody believed it you know in something somebody believed in capitalism and some people believe in communism or socialism and those who believe in communism and socialism they believe it that they deserve to help socialism to prevail over the capitalism that's a major that's a major major issue there was never been about money kim philby was never being about money most of the spies never or informants never work for the money and why they love them why they love them even the hansen over hansen very 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 famous you know the, the double spy as well who's been caught was a head of fbi counterintelligence he was being paid by russians but he has this romantic approach you know Call me that name, you know, I love the Russia and all these things. Kim Philby is not exemption, but the exemption for him was that he was never been caught. And what was best part is he's been gone in Russia. He's been hidden in Russia. But let's start with him, who was Kim Philby. And don't forget, his motivation was ideology. Him, Kim Philby was born as an English aristocrat. And he spent 10 years as a director of the British Secret Intelligence Service Department. Charged with what? Combating Soviet espionage. And as I mentioned before, he's being driven by the ideology and how to help now to Russians. At the same time, he was Moscow primary agent in London, which meant he was the, on the hunt himself. One of the Britain's most famous spies and their greatest state traitor begins as a lecture to select audience of the East German spies with this now famous words spoken in flawless English upper class accent. Philby's hour-long speech to Stasi agent was a videotaped and showed for the first time in 2016. The BBC discovered the footage in Berlin's official Stasi archives. You know, the Stasi was a German counterintelligence service, something equal like a Russian KGB. And um, Stasi was being regularly visited and being inspected by the Vladimir Putin, today the president of Russia. However, if you remember when the Berlin Wall fell, uh, Eastern Germany 
Western Germany United. Most of the people who work for the Stasi, they disappeared and it happened overnight, it literally happened overnight and they didn't know what to do with those archives. Most of these documents in Stasi archive disappeared. Some of them, they come to the BBC and the BBC done this in 2016. He offered the public to watch his speech. Philby's speech was not intended for a larger audience, but the former MI6 intelligence officers, willingness to speak openly about his own professional path, which was drastically different from his usual experiences, is clear. That's what it is. Philip Harold Adrian Russell, Kim Philby, was born in the family of British diplomat on January 1st, 1912 in India. He attended the prestigious Westminster School before enrolling in Trinity College at the University of Cambridge in 1929. He made friends with the left-leaning groups. They, and as a result of their influence, joined the University Socialist Society. So imagine somebody being born in aristocracy becomes a socialist. Philip claimed that 1931 was a genuine turning point in his worldview since it resulted in the Labour Party defeat in the parliamentary elections and showed its helplessness in the face of escalating fascist and reactionary forces. And don't forget at this very, very moment in the 1930s, in Britain itself, you have the socialist movement, then you have the fascist movement as well. Even the British king admired Hitler. The prospecting intelligence officer developed ties to the Communist Party because he was genuinely taught that communism was the best way to counter the fascist danger. That was his drive. Arnold Deutsch, a Soviet illegal intelligence officer, was drawn to Philby liberal viewpoints. And in 1933, Soviet intelligence agents persuaded him to work with them. So come, Philby, work with us. He persuaded Philby that a British counterintelligence agent would be more helpful to communism than ordinary committed socialist. Now, you must put yourself in a, that position. Happen today, happens in corporate world. I saw this in my own eyes. People love where they work, but they don't like the politics. They don't like it how things are being done. So what they're going to look, they're going to look how they're going to help other side. Russians didn't offer him money. Russians didn't offer him the jewelry. Didn't offer him better job. But they told him, help us to help the fascism. And that's what he did. That's what he did. After earning his degree from the University of Cambridge, Philby spent some time working in the newspapers as an editorial department before being ass assigned to cover the Francois army in the Spanish Civil War as a special reporter for the Times. He carried out significant duties for the Soviet spy agency there. The Secret Service became intrigued in him and eventually hired him. Philby concurred. So he's working for the Russians now, and then as well the Brits says to him, we want to hire you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Philby became indispensable agent for the Soviet services when World War started in 1939. Through the war, the British intelligence agency was able to read German secret radiograms thanks to the, the decryption of the Enigma code. While Winston Churchill did not want to share all of the intelligence with the Soviet allies, who did? Kim Philby did. 
Kim Philby did. And you must understand that this is the, this is the part when the power trip starts. When you have somebody that's like Kim Philby, who gives everything to the Russians, and Churchill says, no, I don't want to give everything to the Russians. What do you think how the Stalin behaves? So obviously Stalin was having the access to the conversations, to memorandums, to the, uh, the, the, the dialogues with the other generals, with the other ministers. And then you go for the meeting with the Churchill or with the Roosevelt, armed with the informations. Kim Philby was a guy who was giving everything to the Russians on the advice of specialists. Philby joined the British secret intelligence agencies in 1940. So he joined 1940 to the British intelligence agency. He was appointed deputy chief, deputy chief of the counterintelligence service of this service a year later because of the remarkable abilities as, a, as his noble background, better known in Department B. He left the office every day with a suitcase full of the most recent papers and reports which he turned over to the liaison courier. Now, imagine this. When you are boss of counterintelligence services, which basically counterintelligence is when you're looking at problems with your own house. Intelligence is when you go from your house to somebody else's house. But when you're looking for the problems in your house, you know who is possibly spying on you, who is possibly doing damage to a country, and the list goes on. And he goes every day with his suitcase full of the most recent papers and reports. And then what he does, obviously he goes in a park. You know, there was no then um, difference than today. Um, you know, Robert Hansen was doing the same thing. He was going into the park. He was meeting the liaison courier or the person from the other intelligence agency in the park or leaving the document somewhere. Nobody was had any suspicious about Philby. The later will photograph the documents and what will do? He'll transmit the images to Moscow and return the originals the following morning. So nothing is missing. The Battle of the Kursk Isthmus in 1943 was a Philby particular pride. And why is that? Because of his efforts, the Russians learned where the Germans intended to strike a decisive blow, like neither Hamad or Prokhorovka, and the powerful assault of the Germans tanks was halted, allowing the Russians to win the Battle of Kursk. So Philby gave the Russians information because they were listening and decoding Enigma, a German machine, transferring all these coded messages. King Philby, after being removed from his own boss, through the intrigue, become the head of the British Secret Intelligence Service's 9th Department, which led the battle against the communists beginning in 1944. In this capacity, he continued to send information to Moscow while expertly concealing it. So deftly that King George VI bestowed upon him the order of the British Empire in 1946. Interesting. The guy is spying for the Russians, but... Uh, King, he gives him the medal. The intelligence officer was promoted and named chief of the SIS 9th Division in 1944, which was tasked to researching Russian and communist operations in Britain. 1944, the World War II didn't end yet. Philby worked in Turkey while a resident of the SIS, and he eventually oversaw the SIS liaison office in Washington. Forged ties with the CIA and FBI top's brass, including Alan Dulles and Edgar Hoover, in order to combat 
Commerce Danger, he coordinated efforts of the American and British intelligence organization. Now, this is interesting. He was frequently caught of the guard. For example, in 1944, Konstantin Volkov, the Soviet vice consul in Turkey, declared that he was willing to disclose to Britain the identities of the three most important Soviet agents in London in exchange for political asylum and money. Guess who was on that list from those three? Philby was one of these agents. Traveled to visit Volkov as a representative of the Secret Service while also alerting headquarters. Volkov was apprehended. So now we have the Russian guy who says to the British, I will give you the three top spies in your country. And the, that country actually sent uh, Philby to talk to him. Well, Philby was somehow alerting the Russians. And before he even reached him, Volko was apprehended. Philby informed his officials that the meeting with obviously a setup. So obviously there's nobody can be to blame. Philby was in peril once more in 1951. This occurred after he hired two Soviet spies. The Soviet operative was a cold-blooded killer. They interrogated him every day for several weeks and found no direct proof that he was working for the Russians. They eventually left him alone. What else you can do? Though they removed him from his position of the leadership and the Minister of the Foreign Affairs personally proclaimed him innocent. Philby held a press conference in 1955 declaring that he was outraged by all accusations of espionage. So he holds the conference. Can you imagine how daring that it is? I know I'm spying for the Russians, but after you all done this to me, you try to make me suffer, I'll hold the press conference. And he says, no, I'm not. Philby operated the Middle East from 1956 to 1963. So they removed him obviously from Britain, go in the Middle East. He pretended to be a journalist, but he was actually a secret service operative for the, of course, Moscow. Little is known about his activities during that time. And why we don't know nothing about this time? It's very simple. Don't forget that Britain has been humiliated. One of their big bosses and chiefs has been working for the Russians all the time. So of course they're going to remove the things public doesn't need to know. He was finally exposed in 1963 when the testimonies of new fugitives from the Russia to the West coincided with the testimony of an old friend about his communist beliefs. His Soviet comrades orchestrated his escape from Beirut to the Soviet Union. There is also speculation that the British permitted Philby to flee as if to the East on purpose in order to avoid a scandalous trial. I doubt this one. I think the British rule prosecuted him to prove the point. Philby was made an honorary pensioner in the Soviet Union. He gave over everything he had to give over to Soviet intelligence service. Occasionally, he was held in the seminars for the agents, residing in central Moscow apartment and married a Muscovite woman, 20 years his junior. He claimed in a few interviews that he had no regrets and referred to the Soviet Union as a we, but he acknowledged that he missed the England. Well, after 30 plus years, many of Philby's actions are unknown to this day. 
And many say that according to intelligence officials, that they don't know what actually damages he did. Is it true or not? Let me know in the comment section below. And please let me know, what do you believe is a better working for the money or being spy driven by ideology? Thank you for watching Life the Battlefield with Mario. Feel free to subscribe, share, like and comment. Thank you.